What's up, gang? Thanks for joining me. Welcome back to Cash Pine. Uh, it's Labor Day. My least, I, I'm deciding now, officially my least favorite holiday. Uh, exactly a year ago, I broke my leg and my ankle on an electric skateboard. And then had just like terrible road rash and was like my whole upper body was messed up for months. I think I was out of the gym for like seven or eight months altogether. It was stupid. Very stupid. Uh, one year anniversary of that. Last year, Labor Day. This year, pink eye. It's getting better, but that's why I'm wearing my eyeglasses right now. I usually don't wear my glasses, especially outside during the day because I have astigmatism and terrible vision. So I just hate wearing them. I hate having things in my face, which is not a good thing for someone that's had glasses since, oh, third grade. I think I got him. I had to wear him full time starting in third grade. Um, <clears throat> anyways, got the glasses on, got some pink eye action going. I don't know how I got it. I'm going to blame the Hilton Hotel in Daytona Beach. That's who I'm blaming. The soap, in the, the, the gel soap in the shower, That it was like, I don't know. It was like in the dispenser. It's not like a, and again, Hilton's aren't like terrible hotels, but there's always something wrong. It's ne- never just chill. It's never just perfect and smooth. There's always an issue. Whether there's like not towels, bad housekeeping, water pressure shit, water temperature shit, or all the above. Like most of the Chicago Hiltons I've stayed at. Uh, I'm blaming the Daytona Beach Hilton. That's who I'm going to go with. Although a lot of people on social media were asking whose ass I had my face in. Hey, that's a mystery for me to know and you to find out. (laughs) Um no, it's not from that. It was I'm blaming the Hilton. I think it was the towels, something. I remember starting to get a little irritation on my on my eye there, and then got home, thought it was my contacts, put in some new ones, whatever. Here we are. We got it now. Got some ointment stuff going. It's better. It's getting better, but I still look high all the time. I'm not at the moment. Maybe we'll later in this episode I'll roll up a little bit, but like, fucking, I look stoned all the time, and I'm not. I'm just like, nope. I just have pink eye. Um, so that's the situation. Not cool. Super annoying. I've been wearing my glasses for like the long. This is the longest I've worn my glasses like in my adult life, probably. No, the last time I wore my glasses this long was when I was on Europe. I, I I went to a I was on a cruise and lost my luggage, and my checked luggage had my contacts in it. So of course I had to wear my glasses for like twelve days in Europe. And since then, never ever put the contacts in my checked luggage. They're always in my carry on now. It's been ten years since that happened. Always in the in the check, never in the check luggage. Always in the carry on from now on. All right. Anyways, Labor Day weekend's dumb. We got that out of the way. Last weekend in Florida was awesome. I love. Hey, I'm pro Florida. People shit on Florida, and yes, it's crazy. It's crazy people. I get that. Um, but it's fun. The food is good. It's pretty. I love storms. It stormed every day in Daytona, like hard. I dig on that. But yeah, I mean. It, if your politics, your politics might get, <laughs> depending on where you stand, I don't really give a shit anymore. So I don't care what you want, what you what you support or this or that. I really don't give a shit anymore. So I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I'm more like, where can I get a good sandwich? Oh, Publix? Oh, and you have Wawa? Which, by the way, dude, I'm so on board with Wawa. Like, Wawa might be better than Publix now. Not for, like, pure sandwich. Like, sandwich. I'm a huge sandwich fan. One of my favorite things to get on the road um and Publix deli the pub subs the hot the chicken tenders tossed in the buffalo sauce that sandwiches on is off the charts that still reigns supreme but wawa sandwiches they're like seven bucks they're 6.99 they for the big one for the big roll 6.99 they stack them dude get the mac and cheese with the old bay on it and the warm cookie and yes it is warm it says warm cook in the menu and damn it it's warm when they give it to you respect 
I love Wawa. It needs to be in Michigan. Why the hell is Wawa next to my hotel in Daytona Beach, but not in Michigan? Michigan's so much closer to Pennsylvania where the shit's from. I think it started in Philly. It started in Pennsylvania. I know that much. You got Sheets in Ohio, which is okay. Sheets is good. They got good mozzarella sticks. Decent sandwiches. Wawa's better, though. The mac and cheese. I mean, I got it twice. I wanted to get it every day, but you have to show some restraint. You know, I have to have some sort of keep my physical constitution somewhat together, right? But man, the cookies and the and the and the and the, and the, <laughs> the mac and cheese. Uh, but anyways, done with Florida. Good time back in Michigan. Got my my nice uh, snake oil coffee here, which no one. Uh, this may be like a handful of people listen to this podcast in South Haven, but if you happen to be in Southwest Michigan, hey, Snake Oil Roasters, best coffee shop. In Michigan, one of the best in the country, in my opinion. And, I, of course, I'm biased because I'm from Michigan. But I can definitely say, like, as far as, like, pour-overs, black coffee, their lattes, their mochas, holy shit, it's the, be- the best iced mocha I've ever had in my life. I'll say that. And I don't get that kind of stuff at coffee shops because I feel like a loser going in and being like, yeah, I'm a full-grown man. Can I have a milkshake? I just feel weird ordering some of those drinks, like frappuccinos and the lattes. Lattes are okay. If you add flavor to them, then you look more like a bitch, you know, pure lattes, fine. Your vanilla caramel. It's like, mm, I don't know, dude. Uh, those are good drinks though. But the, the, the mocha got to get it. Ice mocha. Oh my God. Anyways, I digress. I'm not, I'm talking about a coffee shop that no one's really going to go to in, in reality from this podcast. So whatever, but, uh, it is amazing off to Kansas city this week on Thursday, going to Kansas city. Should be fun. I have a barbecue spot lined up for Friday. If you have Kansas City food recommendations, let me do, let me know. I'm not super pumped about going to Kansas City. I was there in May. Uh, I can't remember. No, June. I was just there. Yeah, I was there in June, I think. But um, going back in for the weekend, Thursday, leaving Monday morning. But uh, I'm not like, you know, I used to get excited for every city I go to because it was different. But now I'm at the point where I get excited for, like, the cities I like to go to. And I kind of get... I don't like dread going to certain cities, but I'm also like not thrilled to go to Kansas City. I'm just like, of all the places I go, I'm just like, mm, not high on the list. So we'll get through it though. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll handle it. And I'm gonna bring my podcast stuff. I want to start doing more stuff on the weekends, um, releasing these on the weekends because I am gonna start bringing in like some levels that I want to point out for trading. So uh, I want to do that like kind of in conjunction with like my Sunday night research. I'll tell you it's Monday, Labor Day. That's, you know, I'll put this out today. But I want to start doing it maybe have them out Saturday or Sunday. Just have them come out on the weekend so people can add it to their Sunday routines, whether it be like stuff like I know I do iTrade Price. I watch on Saturday or not. Yeah, it's usually out on Saturday or Sunday. iTrade Price on YouTube for different levels he puts out on the week. Um, and then same with the Rake Trades Premium Discord, looking for those. But now I've I've learned – I'm not saying I'm a master of the system, but finding those levels, I'm getting better at it. Um, I was going to put some out this week, but I don't trust myself yet. I don't want to give people levels if I don't like really like believe in, you know, the levels I'm putting out. I don't want to like falsely, not falsely, but I don't want to like just mis- misguide, misguide people, let's say. So I'll definitely get those out. Probably on next week's episode, I'll start putting out some levels. Um, so I'm going to do some, I should be pretty active trading this week before I go to Kansas. Even in Kansas, I think, you know, I'm there. I'm not I'm not too busy when I'm actually there, so I have time to 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 take care of trading and 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 doing more studying stuff. And I've been going hard on that shit. Like that's one thing I I do get annoyed with people that get into options that don't take it as seriously as they should, or they just kind of take it a little too lightly. Like, dude, I've I've been talking about this since what 
I mean, hardcore since March, April, for sure, maybe sooner. Can't remember. I have to go back and check the episodes. But really started my options journey in, like, January of this year. Been going really hard at it for, like, the last six months or so. And even now, like, I've been ramping it up even more. Like, I've been watching probably, on average, a minimum an hour, probably two hours of videos a day. A lot of it being, like, the the rake trades mastermind course which i don't know if he's going to do another one anytime soon um but if you are serious about options i would heavily consider looking into that um i just genuinely believe in it i don't get any kickback for people joining in or anything like that it's an expensive course but i think it's worth it um yeah anyways that's that's one like the, the that they kind of like really preach the level, level <laughs> holy shit i can't talk they really preach the level system um in that in that uh in that course um which i'm finding now to be more and more like beneficial uh just because things can be so crazy on the day-to-day like yeah you want like i want to put out levels on sunday but really like every day you kind of gonna have to adjust those you know so as as the market moves and things react so we'll i'll definitely put some of those more out this week or uh, on the next episode so you can add it to your like sunday research like add this podcast to what you maybe add to for what you're looking for for the week different levels from which to trade that kind of thing. So I'll definitely start doing that next week um, as I hammer down these levels a little bit better. And I've gotten them pretty good. Like I, I'll talk about some more in a little bit here, but I've gotten them better. So, but again, I want to make sure that I really get them down before I'm starting to tell people like, Hey, trust this to trade from. Um, yeah. Kansas this week, Detroit. I'm going to Detroit after I might, I'm going to do some stand up. I think in Detroit, I need to do some this next week. Uh, I've done stand-up since April. I'm going to get back to it this next week in Michigan. When I get home, I'll probably do a little bit uh, in Michigan this next week and then in Detroit. So uh, I actually might promote the Detroit show too. So if, if you're listening and you're in Detroit area and you want to come see some stand-up, I'll probably be doing some at the end of the month. So keep posted for that. And then Texas, dude, whole month of Texas, whole month of Texas, whole month of October, end of September into October, three weeks of October, I'll be in Texas back in dallas can't wait definitely gonna do some stand-up there i don't know how much i want to book like a a a one-night show with just a handful of my favorite dallas comics need to get that set up so excited for that can't wait to get back some of my uh my favorite barbecue texas has the best barbecue in the country for sure mexican food mm, nope i'll fight anyone says otherwise decent tacos but tacos are hard people that's a thing people do that a lot with a big because i'm a pretentious like california mexican food person and People will be like, oh, but we got good tacos. Good. You should. Tacos are like the easiest thing to replicate in that with that cuisine. Like, yeah, you should be able to make tacos. Uh, that's not hard. I'm talking about burritos, combo plates, chile rellenos, that shit. Who's nailing that in Minnesota, in Indiana? I know you're thinking of places, but guess what? You're wrong because I've been there and they don't do it. <laughs> they don't do it. I'm sorry. They don't. Um, all right. Losing focus here. But in Texas, it'll be good. Central Coast, not Central Coast, Central Time Zone for trading. My favorite time zone for trading. Get up at, you know, uh, you get up at 7, 7.30 anyway. So the 8.30 starts perfect. Looking forward to that. Uh, let's do some general, like, news of the markets here. By the way, I forgot to mention this last week, the Bed Bath & Beyond thing. A couple episodes. I want to say beginning of August, I did an episode when I was in Chicago before I went to L.A. for the month. And I talked about being in a coffee shop at the bottom of a high-end, like a luxury building, apartment building, and this guy that works in professional finance coming up to me and telling me about a squeeze on Bed Bath & Beyond and telling me how it was going to moon. And he was saying for January 2023 calls, so very long out calls, uh, call options, betting on the stock going up. 
He hadn't bought any yet. I just looked at like I, I talked about on the show. I meant to put in like five hundred because the stock even then the stock was at like four to six dollars in that range. Within two weeks, it went to thirty. So my five hundred dollars would have been worth three grand. <laughs> and I just I I totally forgot to do it. I even said on this show, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start putting when people tell me these crazy things. You know, I'm gonna start following a little bit, just with a little bit of money, like. 250 500 maybe a thousand like an amount of money that if i lose it's not the end of the world right but if it hits it hits big right like that thou would have been oh my gosh a six thousand dollars on a grand and that's if you were just trading the, the shares if you were playing the options christ i don't even i don't even want to know what those numbers are and those are the kind of numbers where i think of like these insider traders like what they made and like what what kind of plays they made. And that's when you see things like, oh, I don't know, the CFO of Bed Bath & Beyond jumping out of his 18th floor apartment and killing himself on Friday. Maybe that's what happens, right? That's how big the gains are <laughs> that uh, homeboy here jumped out. I don't know if you saw the article, Bed Bath & Beyond CFO Gustavo Arnal died by suicide, according to medical examiner. Sure, maybe. Suicide or murder, obviously, <laughs> one of the two. It's got to be one of the two. Uh, I said his wife was home at the time, so, I mean, I'm guessing it was suicide. I don't think it was anything malicious necessarily, but he definitely was into some shit. A multimillionaire living in Manhattan doesn't just off themselves but because things are going great, you know? Uh, going through the article, I was reading, like, he had sold more than 55,000 shares at prices ranging from 20 to 30 uh, last month around 1.23 million um the document also noted that he still had a quarter million over a quarter million of shares since those sales so those those shares are getting pummeled obviously but i wonder what he made i'm sure he was trading some options on here because when you go to the bottom of the article one of the last things that's mentioned is um they say bed bath also faces a class action lawsuit recently filed in the district of columbia accusing it of misrepresenting its value and profitability. Arnal, the CFO, is named in the suit as is Cohen. People famously know uh, Ryan Cohen, big bed bath. I think he was the, the he was behind he was the guy behind like the meme stock stuff last year with GameStop or two years ago it was GameStop AMC. He had made a bunch of money and sold at the top as well around 30 and after his sale, I mean the stock ate shit and like got cut in half. So Bed Bath facing a class action lawsuit recently filed in District of Columbia, D.C. Uh, basically, what that translates to is uh, the feds are coming, right? A.K.A. the feds are on the way, dude. So who knows what he did as far as options trading um, and, and insider deals, things like that. But I'm sure there's more to the story. Whether they tell it to us or not, I don't know. It's probably one of the things that just gets buried. Um, but there's no way that that guy wasn't doing some dirty shit. Because even like you don't you didn't kill yourself because those shares like those remaining quarter million shares are not why he did it. He didn't kill himself because his bad bath and beyond stock that he still has is probably going to eventually go to zero. Like that company's on the way out. Let's be honest. Uh, it's not a it's not a sustainable business model at the moment, and they don't have the money to build their online infrastructure that they would need to compete with every other business that does what they do. You know they they can't that's not going to happen. So, I mean, and I've said this point before, the only reason Amazon does so well is, yeah, they can undercut competition with their prices. They have this massive infrastructure, you know, supply chain for their Amazon Prime service. But really, at the end of the day, it's their advertising business and their their uh, cloud business. It's making the money. And Bath Beyond, they have no cloud business. 
you know, that's 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 uh, you know, covering the covering the bills here, not making up all that operating profit like it does with Amazon. So, uh, Bed Bath is dead in the water. So that stock is is going to shit. I'm not saying that's why he killed himself. I, I think it's definitely because of some insider trading he did or whatever, some options plays. I'm sure he did some shit. We'll find out. Or we won't. But I don't need to – I don't really need to see any evidence. The evidence is all there. The evidence is in this article written by CNBC that describes what happened. Homeboy's worth a few million, jumps out of his Manhattan apartment, which, by the way, is in – I forget the name of the building. Uh, shit, where is it? I have it in here. If I can't find it, like, super quick, I'll, I'll bounce. But – I forget the official name of the building. Uh, I kind of scraper. No, it's a Jenga tower or the Jenga. I guess it is just called that. I don't know the actual name of the building, but it's my favorite building in New York. I've, I've taken pictures of every time I'm there. I take pictures and say, I'm going to live here. I'm going to buy a place in here someday. And um, it's it looks like it's a huge building in Soho. And uh, people in New York know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the Jenga. It looks like a Jenga game. It's an amazing building. It's super tall. It's, I love it. I look at some of the apartments in it. And I'm like, there's got to be amazing views the way it's built. Whatever. So he jumps out of that 18th floor. Even more reason to want to live there. A CFO killed himself, likely because of insider trading. Sign me up. Where do I sign the lease? I want to. I want to. Can I get his apartment? I want to live there. <laughs> Why not? Get a little discount. It's like, hey, didn't something happen in there? I want it. So even more reason, more motivation for me to fulfill my dream of being an insider trader. Like he was living my dream, an insider trader in the Jenga building. He's doing what I want to do. I just wouldn't have off myself. I'd be getting a nice little tomahawk steak down in uh, Tribeca down the street. So that's what I'd be doing. Or maybe the village. Tribeca doesn't have as good a restaurants as I think they want to lead on. It's just fancy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's not normal to die like that, obviously. It's not how innocent people go out. Um like glenn maxwell's dad same thing you know that creep her dad got offed by uh he got thrown off a yacht that's how he died and it's like all right you're probably were into something that's not how just people don't just die that way they'll just get whipped off a, a mega yacht in the ocean but when you have ties to like the Mossad, you know things happen <laughs> so I think uh, I'm not saying that homeboy here was the CFO was tied to Mossad, but like he was tied to some shit and the feds are on the way filing in D.C. Good stuff. What good times. Um, Some more general investing stuff. Electric prices in the U.K. and Europe. This has been a hot story. And because I I like following it because it does affect the EV market with with, uh, I mean, electric vehicles dominate Europe. I mean, Tesla, the Model 3, I think, is like the best selling car in Europe or it was rated like the best car in Europe. so electric prices going through the roof in the UK, quite alarming, obviously. I've heard, I don't know what the exact percentages are, but I've seen these like, you know, Twitter stories where like a, a pub owner was like, yeah, my electric bill is usually like, you know, 10 grand and it's 420,000 this month or something, something stupid like that, you know? And so I think that's going to happen here sooner than later. I mean, California right now is already telling people to shut off their power for, uh, you know, it's so hot. They can't support the power grid right now. And I know companies are working on fixing that, like Tesla with their gigafactories, but they're a little too far behind with it. Um, but I do think that's going to happen here. Like once they switch over everything to the to the electric power grid, then you're going to see those kilowatt hours kind of go through the roof a little bit. Um, it's just like I think I've made the point, too. It's just like streaming services. It's just the same thing. Like if you have all the streaming services together, you're paying – for like uh, basically a cable service it's the same it's a lateral move same thing with like evs like 
yeah, the electric's a little cheaper now as gas is expensive, but once everyone's on EVs, like you better believe that electric's gonna go through the roof and they're just gonna make money that way. It's, it's gonna happen. Why wouldn't it? Right? It's just like, but there'll be a brief moment where you can save some money. Like there was a couple of years, like when Netflix was early on um into the streaming game where you could like share your passwords and it was ten dollars or eight ninety nine you could share it was a big who no one gave a shit it's like when uber first came out when uber first came out you could get across la for like fifteen dollars it's the most insane thing i don't know how these people are making even now i'll hop in some ubers i don't know how they're making money in certain areas at certain times but then there's times where i take my like when i landed in chicago last week i stayed in the, i stayed in the city for the night by the airport uh, just cause I, I was going to catch a late train to Michigan. I want to get home at 4 a.m. I just caught the whatever uh, and um, got the hotel. Dude, my, my ride, it was like three miles. It was $27. So that's bullshit. You know, that happens. Um, I guess it's where you make it back. And since my the, the ride was the same price for Uber X as it was for the black SUV. So you better believe I got that black SUV. Why not roll up to the A-loft looking like a senator? You know, people are like, who the fuck's this guy coming in at midnight? <laughs> me with my bags and my uh wawa sandwiches literally had a wawa sandwich in my hand from the airport um well i went to the wawa on the way to the airport all right anyways where are we going here um electric prices kind of what am i looking at like long term i kind of want to mention this before i talk about some trading stuff like long watch right now as things take a shit like i think we're still going to see september's traditionally a bad month for stocks always has been like you look back pretty far um so on long watch, I kind of have NVIDIA as a long watch right now. Microsoft, Google, Shopify, and Snow are kind of my long watches. Snowflake I like. I like just – I want to own a little bit smaller company that deals with, with cloud services and just that whole world. Um, so that I think is not a bad option. Shopify has been absolutely pummeled. I still think they have a viable business. If they b- dip below the 30s right now, I think picking up some – shares in the 20s would be a good way to like make back some of the losses on that google of uh, like kind of like apple is a never sell as it gets closer to 100 i want to add up some microsoft i don't have a position in but i'm definitely keeping an eye on it as it takes a hit and then again nvidia like i know chip makers all took a big hit because of like some law saying they couldn't ship to china whatever i'm sure they'll reverse on that eventually it's like it all just goes in waves. You'll see bad news about the chip makers and great news and bad news and good news. It just it, it goes back and forth. So take it as an opportunity to buy the dip. I know a lot of big hedge fund managers. Or I know Kathy Wood did. I don't really look at what Kathy Wood does. I think she's got full tilt. So I don't know, like, whatever. But I know she's been buying the dip in uh, NVIDIA. And I, was, I saw a couple analysts also recommend it. So it's one I have. It's a great, they're all, all these are great companies. And NVIDIA just really took a hit. I mean, it's at, like, beyond... 52 week low so it, it it's uh not a bad idea i just think we still have more room to go and then i don't have a position in this either but if things can continue taking a shit i do think i might pick up some mcdonald's stock i know it's super boring but i just it's like my it'll be like my one like consumer <laughs> like i just think it's a honestly i do think it's also a good hedge against um like inflation and recession stuff like as as things hit the fan people just rely on things like mcdonald's more like it sucks but it is the reality like if things if you can't afford groceries a dollar cheeseburgers two dollar cheeseburgers are the move it sucks but it is what it is i mean when i was dirt poor i remember i would go to taco bell and get five layer burritos that's how i survived for like a year when i had like no money um so 
and I travel again. People know I travel all the time, and it's the one restaurant that's always there and always open and always busy. By the way, and like if you go to fast food, I I kind of have a rule now where I only eat McDonald's on the road because that's and sometimes I have to even like be careful with that because I'm on the road every week, so I got to be careful <laughs> even then and be like, all right, we well, had McDonald's twice last week, so maybe skip it this week. So, but I do allow my I only eat it when I'm traveling, and they're always packed, always, always, always open the latest, always packed, and kind of expensive i know i got i get it in airports so often even i'm not at an airport it's going through a drive-thru like i'm not saying it's you know breaking the bank but for what you're getting kind of a ripoff you know you get like a, a large like value meal or whatever a combo meal it's north of ten dollars it's like 10 11 12 it's like dude for like three more bucks or less than i could go to like a sit-down place and get a burger and, and do that you know like even my favorite burger on the planet, Alvin, if you get his DH burger, 10 ounce ribeye burgers, 15 bucks. You add in the fries, it's only it's like $3, which you could split with somebody. That's a lot. So, I mean, you're looking at only like a few more dollars to get literally the best burger made out of ribeye. <laughs> so it's, you know, so the, my point being is the margins have got to be insane. And I've noticed I've kept an eye on McDonald's stock over the last year. And I've just been like, okay, maybe this is one to keep in the back pocket. So that might be one to add to the long-term portfolio for sure. A uh, few trading things we want to talk about. Uh, really bad chop this week. Um, you know, it was mostly downward movement too as we got to the end of the week. The last couple of weeks have been pretty choppy. I've kind of sat out a lot of it, just kind of waiting for cleaner action. I know I've talked about this before where when things are kind of not going, like when things aren't going that well, like just, just play the supply and demand maybe. We've talked about that, like the boba plays, like just play supply and demand zones. And just get those little 10, 20, 30% moves and take those. Like, you're not going to get the big moves maybe until mar- markets go back to like trending a little bit. Cause that's something I've learned. And it's a, a phrase I repeat to myself constantly, excuse me, constantly now, learning it from Rake Trades, Jake Ricci, AKA Rake Trades. You know, he says markets are, markets are always either trending or ranging. And so you want to assess, you want to deploy your capital accordingly and your risk accordingly. When markets are ranging, that means they're just kind of going in a range. They're choppy. So that's when you kind of make, take a little off, take a little off the table, scale back a little bit, scale back your expectations a little bit, and just say, hey, it's ranging, so I'm just going to play these zones. I'm just going to play it as it moves these zones. I'm going to make these little moves and just make a little money here and not blow my account because I'm not going to get these big moves. I'm not going to hold it too long waiting for these big moves, right? So always remember that. Is a market trending? Is it ranging? Is it trending? Is it ranging? A couple of weeks ago, it was trending. It's trending up, right? Most of July was trending pretty hard up. August, the other way. So, but again, when you look at like that that bounce that we had in July, markets were trending hard. That was the time. I know a lot of traders made big money. I did okay. I wasn't, I didn't, I just, I didn't make big money only because I wasn't putting in big money. I did fine. Like good percentages, was happy with it. Um, but I know a lot of people made the most money they've ever made as a trader in july i know that was the case for jake so pretty crazy but that's what again his point being then when things are ranging he's taking some time off people take time off a little bit here and there i know you know a lot of the guys in our group in the counter trades group do the same you know when they hit some things take you know take some time off or scale back you know when your things are going well you know don't don't get too cocky with yourself and and blow your account so you know we're probably going to be in a little bit of a range for a little bit here but that's also why we do the top down. I know it's people call it a top down analysis. I forget what, what uh, Jake calls it, but essentially that's why like I talk about looking at 
things on a weekly basis. Like look at the iTrade price. Look at these levels that are put out on the weekly. Like where they. That's why I love the iTrade price YouTube videos. And what I'm going to start doing on these every week is putting out those levels. And I'm going to find. You look for the trends on the weekly charts, weekly time frames. Look for trends. Is the market is it trending? Is this stock going in a certain way? Is it trending up? Is it trending down? Is it ranging? Find those on the weekly. And then zoom into the hourly and find your levels, and that's where you mark your level. And those those levels will change. Those levels will change as the markets as the markets move every day. You'll remove levels as they get closes through. As things happen, you'll 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 move those levels. Some will stay, obviously. And when you note them out, it's crazy how accurate they are. Like I I did a little bit of um, I tried to do some calls on Palo Alto earnings, not a lot, just like it was total lotto size gamble, knowing that like it could go to zero. And so, and I know, I think Rake did as well. A few people in the Rake Trades group. I don't know about Keanu's group. I don't think anyone did the Palo Alto Networks play. Um, but with the Palo Alto Networks, when they announced earnings and the split, you know, or not Palo Alto, sorry, CrowdStrike. Palo Alto was what was happened a couple of weeks ago. That was huge, blew up, did the three for one stock split, which is great, by the way. Now, I like that it, Palo Alto is going to be a little bit cheaper to trade with the stock split coming up, doing a three to one. So that's a, that's a stock that I've wanted to trade options on, but just don't because the contract's too expensive, just like previously with Tesla. So I like that it's splitting, making it a little bit more affordable for people to trade the options and just add more contracts and put more money in. So I, I dig on that. Um, but CrowdStrike was the one we were playing. CrowdStrike earnings were last week, trying to play on that. They did have good earnings, but the stock didn't move a ton after the earnings. So I got IV crushed the next day. If you don't know that implied volatility, that's why you got to be extra careful trading options around earnings because the expected moves are a lot higher. Your IV is a lot higher, your implied volatility, making your contracts more expensive. So the next day, that IV kind of went away because like the earnings report already happened, the implied moves were going, so the contracts became a lot cheaper. And so even though the stock had went up, the contracts got super cheaper because the IV got crushed down. And so I learned that lesson. I've seen it happen on paper, paper trading, but I definitely saw it happen with real money this last week. And so again, I'm glad I didn't put a ton in. I got out immediately Imme that morning, immediately. Like I would have lost. I think I, I ended up exiting at like that negative, like down 50% on the play, which is not, not good, obviously, but not the end of the world. If I would have kept it even till the end of that day, even like a couple more hours that would have went to zero. So I at least got out and saved some of the money, making that move quick and not holding it for too long because it blew through these levels. I had set up on the hourly that day, that, that earnings day. Um, if I had just bought short and just kept shorting it, even post earnings would have made tons. I mean, it would have been a couple hundred, 300, 400%. But I was not patient, if I'm being honest. And I got into calls early. But if I would have waited for that first hourly close on the day of earnings with CrowdStrike, the, hour, the levels were perfect. It perfectly failed to go higher and rejected off of a level and just immediately went down. And the hour candle blasted through that next level in the same candle. That's how hard the rejection was. From there, you could have even bought shorts there and made plenty of money, right? But that's where those levels are important because it perfectly played off the level, almost like the algorithms were trading off the levels I had found. It was insane, very eye-opening. And that's the kind of stuff I want to put out next week and i was kicking myself because I was like fuck i had the levels right if i just would have waited honestly 15 more minutes probably even less than i want to say like even five like i hate to say it but if i would have waited probably even five more minutes five fucking more minutes i could have made hundreds of percent up versus 50 percent down so that's the way it's the way it goes but that's why the levels are important um because when and, and it's just because like just because a stock is going through those levels or below them doesn't mean it's going to keep doing that. Right. But when it moves with volume, when it's trending 
and the markets are moving in a way and it goes through those levels, that's when you can be like, oh shit, we're going to catch this and make some money. Outside of that, when it's ranging, just play the level, play the support, supply and demand, not support. Wait, I, I do like that. Um, uh, I like referring to them as levels. I, that's stolen again from Jake. I like that calling them levels versus support and resistance because they change. So just call it a level because support becomes resistance and vice versa. That happens off all too often. I just got spooked by a squirrel. It's a cool little guy. Um, and so just referring to them levels just keeps the keeps the bias out a little bit, right? Just by calling it a level and not giving it support resistance. It's kinda I feel like it keeps the bias out a little and just makes you a little more efficient as a trader. So things I've noticed, um, excited to get those levels out next week. But again, and this is not like a new concept of like top down where like you look out again, I trade price does it every week where you look out on those further time frames and then find your levels on the hourly. Look for the trends on the longer time frames and then come in for your dailies or your you know hourly levels. It's honestly why I haven't been trading square in a while. I haven't traded block, square stock, I haven't traded them in a minute. That's one that I would trade a bit, but it's just been like the chart has been so bearish on that. It's just like, I don't want to really touch it. I'm not a great downside trader. I know a lot of people will say that like a lot of traders will kind of make the point of it's easier to trade in bull markets than, than bear markets. And I've, I've definitely noticed that you can make more in a bear market if you hit it right. It's just tougher. So uh, being a good downside trader is is, is tough. But like I, I said earlier, just kind of manage your expectations. Just, just to, don't expect to have like a massive move that day. Don't expect to just be like, okay, if I can just catch this little range and just catch a few bucks here and there, I'm winning, you know? So that's better than going all out and freaking out every time and going like, oh shit. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, not going to work. And there's too many indicators. I, I've noticed that. Like I, I like finding these levels and just finding supply and demand because like there's so many indicators you can put out there and like... They can be so misleading. Same with like trend lines. They can be so like draw them wherever, draw whatever trend line you want and say whatever you want. Like, look at this. It bounced off. Like, who gives a shit? Those things are wrong so often. They're wrong often enough to where I don't trust them. I don't trust a lot of indicators because they're wrong too often. But using levels in conjunction with volume, I've noticed is quite effective and I'm not breaking any grounds here. I know it's again, it's something that rake trades preaches and he learned it from i forget who else who learned it from someone else it's like it all just kind of like passes down right and you kind of like twist it add your own little spin to it or how you present the information might be your own that's kind of why i say it's it's good to find a discord that that speaks your language that you can vibe with because that's the most important the, the information essentially a lot of traders trade the same way i mean there's different strategies obviously but there's so many that trade a similar way, but kind of just present the information differently. So it's just how, however you want to interpret it. So pick that up. Again, I'm a fan of the Keanu Trades Discord, obviously, because I'm a moderator in there, and I'm there most days. Actually, I haven't been in there the last the last few weeks. I've not been uh, on Morning Voice as much, but um, I'll be on there this week, going into next. Um, I know Bueller has been doing live streams too. So check that out. Bueller do, does live streams in the counter trades discord every morning, which is super helpful. Like uh, Bueller was how I, it was like the first course I took uh, and I talked about it on this show. I still highly recommend it. I think you can still get a discount on that course through this, this podcast. If you do want the Bueller course, just send me a message and I'll, I'll shoot him a message to get like a discount code. There should still be one. I think it's just the counter trades discount code. So check that out. I think it's a great one for, for like entry, like to get in, to get into like options and to start, that's probably the best one to start. Then you can get into kind of the more advanced stuff. 
but that's a really great one for like getting the basics down and really understanding a lot of stuff and, and it's it's clear it's concise but also thorough there's a ton of bonus like videos on there um, which is important because that's what i'm going through now I, I rewatch mastermind videos like every day a couple of hours a day it kind of reminds me when i was a drummer when i played in uh, i played in the drum line in college and i would practice for and in drum corps briefly but i would practice for minimum two hours a day sometimes three and so i got really good when i did that and so i was like huh if i take that same approach to training i can just practice or like learn for two hours a day minimum one hour but ideally two like what could it do to my trade and it's like big difference big big difference so i i i uh suggest that to the same people want to get into it but understand the undertaking that it is that it is that kind of like months and months years possibly and even when you go through a course it might be like six months of rewatching. you know i don't think there's not one thing i've learned with options where I, I i had it in the first go at it where i was like yep got it we're good not not one i i had to watch everything multiple times um but just know that know that it's fine don't think you're an idiot you have to rewatch something like everyone does like i'm i'm going like again after i finish this i'm gonna go rewatch some more videos on levels because i want to get those down better before market open and that's the, the beauty of the weekend take advantage of the weekend to study to learn new things learn new strategies and uh um and just relax you know it's nice to learn when markets aren't open and news isn't happening you kind of just like block out the noise a little bit and just focus on whatever it is you're trying to learn so uh i think that will be about it so again make sure that you um check out the counter trades discord i know you can get a free month if you comment like there's two people that got two people that wanted that got a free month from a post last week. Send me a message. I'll make sure you get in. Um, I think it was just a couple of folks. Keanu made a post about uh, a month free. But anyways, no matter what, you get a half half off your first month in the Counter Trades Discord for the premium subscription, which I believe is like seventy a month. So you get half off on that for your first month to kind of just see how it is. And honestly, for thirty five dollars. I, I truly I don't know if there's like a better deal in like the options trading like education world to be honest like of course I'm, I'm gonna I, of course I'm a little bit biased because I, I'm I'm in the group but truly for thirty five dollars like I I know there's other discords out there that have whatever that do more things like that but they cost way more you know hundreds of dollars so I I know that that's out there but truly for that price to be on morning voice and to have access to like the shot callers and people like Keanu and sent dude, it's worth 35 bucks all day, all day. Like it's such a, that's a solid price. So uh, if you do know a little bit more about this game, again, I say never join until you know how to speak the lingo. If you don't know how to, if you don't know how to like, you don't know what calls and puts are and swings. Like don't even, don't even think about it. But if you know what those are, you know, you know how contracts move and you know about some of these terms I've been talking about, then yeah, hop in there and level up your game a little bit. So Check that out. I'll put the link in here in the description of this episode for that as well. Um, I think that's all we got this week. So, uh, yeah, if you have any Kansas City recommendations, let me know before Thursday. But I think I'm getting barbecue somewhere on Friday. That did come highly recommended. So shoot me those messages uh, or Detroit, you know, send me some Detroit recommendations. I know Detroit pretty well. I used to live there. So uh, I have my spots in Detroit, mostly just Mediterranean food, baby. Going to get some Bucharest grill. Can't wait. So send those enjoy be out there uh i don't know a couple weeks so trade safe and um yeah enjoy see you later